Have you missed it? I know I have. Finally, the championship is set to return. It's just days away as Albion prepare for a huge clash with Millwall as the final leg of the top six race starts to get spicy. We'll talk Millwall, Loans, Carlos, Keepers and Peters and much more on this week's Baggies Broadcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man. My name is Johnny Drury and as always I'm joined by the ENS's West Brom correspondent Lewis Cox. Coxie, how are you? You weren't in very good health the last time we sat down for a Baggies broadcast so I hope the, the break's done you a bit of good. Hello mate, hello, yes, um, good to see you, good to catch up. Hello to the listeners. Um, yeah, get in there mate, get in there. Just like the end of this international break, we, we're getting there. Not... Not totally free of the lurgy, not 100%, but I reckon I'm you know, virgin on 90. Although, uh, although my other half has gone down with something now. So oh, I think no. We're, we're a germ-riddled household at the moment, mate. But um, like you, I'm absolutely itching to get back to, to the footy, to the Hawthorns on Saturday. Can't wait. I mean, the fact it's a massive game as well. It's, it's just class, isn't it? Everyone's going to be, you know, well up for it Saturday. We'll, we'll get into it. But it's, you know, I think it's certainly got the seat, got, got the potential to you know define the rest of the season really in terms of the result so so much on the line and also before I forget I was a big fan of your your intro there Johnny that was a, that was a good effort um what was it keepers and peters yeah a little bit of rhyming in there didn't used to be bad at poetry in school a little bit of a wordsmith coming back in there <laughs> you're in the right industry then mate. <laughs> um love it yes looking forward to it Good stuff, good stuff. Well, what we can do is finally talk about a game. It feels like an absolute age since we were down in Cardiff on that rainy night in South Wales. Well, um, but we're two gonna... weeks ago, we were heading to South Wales, weren't we? We were, we were. It feels like longer than uh, than longer than two weeks ago. But yes, yeah, so we'll finally we can finally talk about a game. We're going to preview that huge game with Millwall on Saturday. We're going to discuss the latest from shareholders for Albion as they've uh, expressed their fury at a response received from from Ken Zuki, the West Brom director regarding the uh, the Wisdom Smart Loan from Gouch and Lai. And um, we'll touch on the international players and how they did over the break. And we're going to talk about Eric Peters, who's been talking this week about all things Albion. And we'll, as always, we will answer your questions. But first, it, we didn't have it last week. We're going to bring back Alternative Albion. And do you know what, Coxie? This is the section where I have a moan about something. I'm going to have a moan about myself in this week's section. <laughs> now, last season, Albion fans may remember... And it wasn't relentless. I wasn't repeatedly, but I sort of wrote Jason Mullumby off last season when he came to Albion. Came on loan from Brighton. Uh, didn't have a very good sort of start, but saying that, Albion didn't have a very good season. Um, a few times I said I didn't think Livermore was, uh, sorry, didn't think Mullumby was going to be sort of cutting at West Brom. Obviously, they had an obligation to sign him. They've signed him, and my God, what a player he's turned into. I didn't watch the Republic of Ireland game in full on Sunday evening when they lost narrowly to France, but I'm told. Um, Jason Lumby was exceptional. Uh, lots of Republic of Ireland fans calling him the best midfielder in the world um, across social media over recent days. So I'm going to stick myself in it as being a too much of a judgmental or judging too early as a, as a fan. We see fans sort of write people off very quickly. I think myself as a journalist wrote Jason Lumby off far too quickly. So this is almost an apology to Jason Mullumby, who is now a massive part of West Brom's team and a huge part of the Republic of Ireland's team. You know, running a, running around the Aviva Stadium, chasing down tackles, stopping Mbappe and co. You know, he's come a long way since uh, 
defeats at Sunderland and uh, sorry, defeats at Middlesbrough and Sheffield United and some bad days of last season. So I'm going to firmly stick myself in the the alternative Albion vault this week. Very honest. Um, and give myself very a bit of a bit of a smack on the top of the head. Um, very honest. Yeah. Very, yeah. That's, so, yeah. Good. Eat, eat, eating a massive slice of humble pie. No, the, the, I think the we'll put it down thing, You know, no secret. Obviously, you're. Um, you know, Albion's a club you support, and so from that supporter side of it, I, I I get it. You know, I think every supporter of every club that that can happen. Um, certainly with with new players when they're coming on loan, and and now you know, Kylian Mbappe, he, he wears Malumbi pajamas, doesn't he? He has uh, he has pictures of Jason and Dara up in his bedroom. <laughs> so, you know, um, no, nah, obviously I can only go on on this season, and it was um. You know, the, the move had been made permanent, hadn't it, by Steve Bruce over the summer, oh, before the summer, actually. And it was it was a slow start for him this season, I would say, but but for the obviously for the team as well. I mean, look where the team dropped to in the table. Having said that, I mean, I, re- I remember collating the average player ratings, Johnny, in the World Cup break when, when Alvin had, had sort of just started the turnaround. And I remember Malumbi being sort of noticeably OK uh, in my average ratings. And, and I thought, do, do you know what? That is what he gives off. Um, and that's because he never downs tools or never, never shirks it. And and that's worth something for me. Now, you know, listeners might say, well, what about if people can't kick a ball? And obviously he can kick a ball very well, but, you know, he, he's, he's more than just that energy, isn't he? But, yeah. but that side of his game is is relentless. Um, it's, it's really high. It's it's so worthwhile. And he's. I think we need, all need to remember his age as well. He's a, he's a great age. And and because of that, he's a, he's a great asset for Albion to have on a, on a permanent deal. You like to think he's only going to get better, and and with Dara, they they got that um that Irish spine, haven't we, for for many years to come, hopefully. We have, yeah. He's done exceptionally well. Both of them have as well. There's a story actually on the Express and Star website this morning. Um, be talking about O'Shea, um, and his sort of former Albion and Ireland. It's uh, it's very much worth a read. Right, we're going to come to a a serious matter. Well, that is a serious matter, but a very a, you know another very serious recurring matter as well. Um, Albion fans may have seen Lewis's story earlier this week. Um, shareholders vow to keep up West Brom pressure after director frustration. Um, shareholders for Albion, who own 12% of the club that isn't owned by owner Gouch and Lai, have been seeking answers from Zuki. Albion fans know as Ken, who is the, the only director of Albion's parent company, the WBA Group. This is regarding the the, the as we all know, the £5 million loan Lai took out, the Wisdom Smart Loan, as it's now um become known as that he took out two years ago to aid one of his other companies following COVID. Um, he's now missed two deadlines on that repayment. We've heard repeatedly, yeah, well, we heard from Ron Gawley, didn't we, a few months ago, Lewis, that, you know, he was, he said a couple of times now that he's, he's confident it's going to be repaid, but these deadlines have been missed. We were told it was going to be, or assured in December it was going to be repaid early in the new year. We're on the cusp of April, which is certainly not the new year, and shareholders for Albion are not happy um, from a letter they've received from Ken, they've said it provides little substance um, and is short of meaningful detail and reassurance. What Ken has said, um, just before I bring Lewis in, the director um, has said both an assurance and expectation the loan plus interest will be repaid to which shareholders requested clarity on discrepancies. Um, he's insisted he's in regular contact with Lai, has been in regular contact with Lai since the turn of the year and has taken steps I consider appropriate to protect the position of the group and its repayment, to which S4A has asked for further detail. Now, there's not a 
great deal of detail in that, Lewis. So I can see why uh, shareholders for Albion are not happy. Um, what's what was your overall? You know, you you got you had sight of this letter um, where shareholders want to see evidence of a formal loan agreement, um, which I doubt they will ever get to see personally. But yeah, what, yeah. what what's your what's your overall view reading that? You know, the frustration is growing. It is building. Um, it's it's where to turn for to turn for answers almost, isn't it? You know, the, yeah, we've yeah. called for transparency for so long. You know, we've got we got that from Ron Gourlay in his interview um, that he did early this. I think it was early this year, wasn't it, um, or, or late last year? Um, but it's not coming from those at the very top, from Ken and Lai and and S four A just had enough of them. They well, everyone's had enough. I mean, like like, like uh, the, you know, in that story you referenced from from earlier this week, Johnny, in the, the top line or the, the first few words, it's something along the lines of, you know, the determined minority shareholders, you know, vow to to keep, you know finding hunting answers about this and that's credit to them isn't it you know that they're obviously you know I think that they're doing this with with their supporter heads on you know obviously they've got minority shareholding interests which is which is fair enough isn't it but with their Albion loving heads on there they want to do what they can and do you know obviously the you know line of correspondence with um with Ken the director and just trying to go the right way about getting some reasonable information answers about this that's obviously got the whole you know the whole fan base concerned about uh, you know short medium and long-term future and, and finances of the club and different loans several different um stories going on there so yeah obviously um haven't haven't cited a correspondence yet but but being in touch with you know the some minority shareholders uh, about the subject you just you just feel the um the uh, fr- frustration is the word, but it's probably too too um, too slight a word. You just feel the kind of fear and anger w- within what they're what they're feeling, and that's the same for all supporters. Don't get me wrong, um, and 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 I understand it. And you know what was what was sent into to WA Group director um, was you know what I would you know, say, I mean, I'm, I'm not a business head, you know, I don't have experience in that world or the world of being a shareholder, just for, for clarity, but what I would um, take to be a very sort of reasoned and, and fair letter um, in terms of, you know, look, just looking for detail and just, just trying to safeguard, I suppose, safeguard the, the, the club and it's, you know, and it's um, finances. I thought it was fair that, you know, that they had a response on, on the deadline. Um, from Ken and look, I mean I suppose you know first of all we have to say you know fair enough of him sending a, a response I suppose it could have been could have been ignored couldn't it in, entirely so so fair enough and he's obviously provided you know within that response some answers but um, I, I know that some uh, yeah several minority shareholders but well, plenty were sort of dissatisfied with um, you know answers given level of detail that even what what was answered you know and, and what wasn't answered and um you know some, some vagaries regards to five million wisdom smart loan and and that that's that's the big one isn't it ultimately that's that's the that's that's the millions of pounds that was taken out of um west Bromwich albion uh, you know just after the pandemic you know when it, when everyone's struggling um to obviously aid 
other parts of Gao Chanlai's interest, uh, business interest. And, you know, so that was, you know, we were sort of detailed. That was what, March 21. I mean, the, the loan works and agreements could have been earlier than that. Um, so that was accounts ending you know, 21. And, and here we are two years plus down the line and still hasn't been repaid, has it? With two official deadlines missed. I mean, a third, the, the vague deadline of early in this new year. I mean, we, you know, it's basically April now. So in my book, that isn't early in the year. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, new classes April is early in the year but um you know so <clears throat> here we are and, and you know a, a knock-on of course is the um Albion being in the champ for, for a third season and the parachute payment situation as we know um which which is significantly cut this summer and that's obviously going to have a massive impact on on finances um of, of the whole club and certainly the football side of it of course led to um the 20 million pound msd loan taken in in the new year uh as uh you know it was described as a sort of security blanket safety net wasn't it by ron Gourlay? but it's not what you know when you consider interest and when you consider the security and, and things you know things like the hawthorns and other assets and um you know other, other what's the word other buildings or lands owned by the club but certainly the hawthorns as, as security i mean that's it's just number one disaster, isn't it, for, for Baggies fans? And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll rile listeners up just, just hearing the detail about it, you know, listed again. Um, so th- this is what, you know, S4A are trying to, trying to get answers to, trying to get more detail on, look, what is actually being done about chasing this up? Um, you know, are our legal representatives and lawyers involved in sorting this? Because this is a sizable loan. You know, it's not like you're lending 200 quid from a mate, is it? Uh, there's a lot there's a line in here just to quote i want to read that a current irritant is the refusal of ken as the only director of the waba group to provide any sort of useful information about what exactly live really intends to do about the wisdom smart loan one shareholder told the express and star now it hasn't been repaid back so that on well you could say three deadlines have been broke now there wasn't any secure deadline on this you know early in the new year but we're not early in the new year so that is three deadlines it's playing that well, it's not plain, but it leads you to believe that the money is not there to be paid back. Um, or there's obviously a refu- maybe a refusal. We don't know that. That's pure speculation. But if that's the case, even if Lye could only pay the money back in stages or, say, a million pound at a time, I don't know. This is just hypothetically now. I'm sure Albion fans and shareholders for Albion and Action for Albion would feel a little bit better if there was more transparency in that way rather than just radio yeah. silence well, yeah. which yeah. we've got at the moment because some sort of agreement will, will have been reached wouldn't it and then yeah. when you get evidence of that like when you know when a first payment arrives then it, it appeases you know just that ultimately fans are just obviously fed up and and beyond angry but but worried and concerned is the main emotion isn't it because they don't know where this is going to lead you know that it, it's all right us talking about promotion and the massive game Saturday and you know beat Millwall and we're you know in the line for the playoffs but the playoffs remain a lottery you know another cliche in football that I hate using but they are you know you have to go win a two-legged semi and then win at Wembley to get up to the promised land and that's great and then what happens when you're in the promised land well you know Premier League money broadcast money that's great and the club becomes more um you know a far greater asset doesn't it more appealing more you know sellable um however you know what, what what's the long term do do albion if they don't get it right on the pitch you know in the markets or whatever come straight back down 
and uh, are we kicking the can you know some might say well then you know there's another couple of years of parachute payments well you know great but is this going to be a never-ending cycle of you know bouncing up and down and up and down to to survive financially it can't be can it you know ultimately um need to address that you know get the house in order before having to rely on promotion friendly league money and and clearly this is something that needs to to be in order and and you're right johnny you know go, going about finding a, a middle ground you know some sort of the transparency agreement. line is it no it, even if you, i mean the, the statement you, in the new year johnny yeah. when the 31st of december deadline was missed there, there, there wasn't a um obviously a quote from from lie was there or, no it wasn't or really anything good. like that there wasn't sort of a um you know it was it wrong quoted or just in the statement saying um yeah, i don't even know, think there was a, assur- assurances from i'm not even from, sure there was a quote in the statement whether no, it was just a no, generic but, but, club one. but the statement did say um you know we, we've had uh, we've had you know assurances about the new year and you know Albion wouldn't put that out without you know I'm, I'm pretty confident that's not lip service Albion wouldn't put that out without not believing it now you know how much is a person's word worth you, you know a person's word is worth well what, how they act on it isn't it and you know it, obviously with deadlines missed and missed and missed um, someone's word becomes less less reliable doesn't it let's be honest um you speak about Gourlay there, Lewis. He must be, te- you know, I don't want to put words in Ron Gourlay's mouth. And, you know, what he said was reassuring. As much as he could say was reassuring or reassuring or, 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 or offered transparency to Albion fans in his last interview. But he, you know, he's come out now on the record and said his confidence is going to be repaid. Like you said there, the longer it goes on, the more people lose confidence in that. Um, yeah. He must be. You know, I don't want to, as I said, put words in his mouth. He must be tearing his hair out at the moment. Is there is, is there going to be another chance to sort of... Uh, Ask Gourlay about it, but I suppose if he keeps getting reassurances, you know, he's over here in England, lies in China, it's difficult for him to go off any more than that if you get what I yeah, mean. Yeah, I mean, Ron's doing every, everything he can in terms of, you know, ch- chasing up, certainly with Ken, who's obviously based over here, and, and even, you know, chasing it with uh, the controlling shareholder himself. Um, I'm sure, you know, it, 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 it'd always be welcome to have the chance to speak with Ron. You know, I've said that before. and. And, um, you know, we're, we're always keen to do that. Obviously, it's, it's you know, for, for various reasons, it's, it's not always possible. But I'm sure, again, I wouldn't like to, to say, but I'm sure, you know, Ron's public viewpoint would be the same, that it's still something he expects. I'm sure he'd acknowledge that um, it's later in the year than everyone you know, would, would hope and like. Of course it is. But um, the, the last we heard, they've had uh, several, haven't they, meetings with, with Action for Albion. Um, the the support of fan group who've sort of rallied, um, you know, in trying to defend the club and and the last was you know before the international break maybe three weeks or so, something like that and 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 you know the stance from the chief executive was still the same about the the money being returned, the loan being repaid and and there was that detail about you know Ken going to 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 China to to obviously you know ramp up talks or step it up or or, or have you know, further or more detailed conversations regards Albion with with Lie. Um, you know, we it'd be good to bring some more of that when as and when we can get more some more detail on that. But yeah, it comes back to to how much, you know, Albion fans listen to this, how much hope do they have? You know, hope is just running out, isn't it? And it's hard to be told and told again that, you know, assurances and confidence, but you know, it wears thin, doesn't it? And um yeah, it's 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 a shame the whole situation. Just just one more on on the the story we did, Johnny, before we 
Um, I know we've got a lot to get through, but you know, worth mentioning. Obviously, uh, I heard the, the ire and frustration and anger from from many minority shareholders, um, and and not being a, you know not being a legal head or a business head on this, you know, I suppose controlling shareholders. I, I don't know this, but you know, just for for, for clarity, um, you know, th these are obviously intrinsic uh, financial details, um, quite detailed. Like we know it's a, it's a it's a massive, a massive important bit of finance in terms of a five million loan going out that hasn't been returned. But you know, how how much uh, you know directors and majority shareholders you know are at liberty to you know do have to share with minority shareholders in business? I I, I don't know that. You know, I'm not not involved with that. There's got to be you know a point where you know there's so many minority shareholders of of obviously the club. You know, not all of those are going to be privy perhaps I, I don't know but perhaps it's that great it's almost like of lie and, and ken are not going to be privy to yeah every bit of specific detail about this loan and they can't expect perhaps uh, it to all be delivered you, you know uh, for, for various reasons um you know it's almost that great area initiality and all of that johnny so yeah, yeah. Th there is that side of it however you know that doesn't excuse obviously um you know the loan not being repaid and that you know, and, and credit and good for S4A and, you know, the, the minority shareholders concerned and fans concerned action for Albion for, for asking questions and banging the drum. Yeah, it's that grey area almost, isn't it? Like you mentioned there about how how much, you know, minority shareholders have to be given by a business. In any other business, that would that would be, the you know, almost that argument would, would work. Um, whether that way you can call it that or if they are. but this is you know football clubs are di they are di I know they're businesses but they are di it's all they are different it's for example these loans we've spoke about this before I spoke about this with you know Joe Massey when he was Alvin correspondent and me and you have spoke about it Lewis that these loans if they happen in any other line of business of, a, of an owner taking money from one of his companies to put into another no one would bat an eyelid but because yeah. it's football it, it, it is different and people want answers and and it, well, it's and, an ingrained community exactly asset isn't it people's sort of livelihoods and and, and yeah. all of that and, and ultimately yeah. the uproar is because people fear for the future of it fans fear for the future yeah. of it and, and the more i suppose the more these letters you, you you get letters like that from from ken or you don't get anything from lie or or no clear answers the more the more concerned for the future people are, are gonna get isn't it yeah so yeah um, yeah we, we you know we hope as the weeks go on i mean you know, not far off the end of the season now, is it the, the regular season, about a month, that, um, you know, more positive news might come to light? Yeah, yeah, we're certainly pushing for those answers, Albion fans. Um, we're going to move on to Millwall now. That was the first big topic of the podcast. The second big topic is the return of the Championship. Albion take on sixth-placed Millwall. Uh, a win for Albion on Saturday at the Hawthorns would take them within two points of, of Millwall with a game in hand. So a victory would massively put Albion back in the playoff race. Well, they'll be, they'll be back in the picture anyway. Lewis, um, I've heard a few fans say, you know, Saturday's game could be make or break, uh, given who Albion are playing against. Um, almost from a point of view, Albion at the moment are seen as outsiders for the playoffs. I know in your pieces it said outsiders and a lot of other people have called them outsiders, given, you know, they are, you know, five points behind. But psychologically, a win over Millwall on Saturday, how much does that do for Albion? You know, they're two points off it then with a game in hand. They're, they're bang in it then. They're not outsiders at all. They're, they're, they're very yeah. much back in it, aren't they? Yeah, Johnny, it's not, you know, I think we're all guilty of, at times, bigging up 
the next game just because it's the next game aren't we yeah. oh massive game next but there's no getting away you know it's it's not the fact that we've been away for 17 days it's just the fact that this is Albion we're ninth in the table aren't, aren't we at the minute um and 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 Millwall are six that th- this is the bottom line we're in the running we're in the final nine games and Millwall are six where Albion need to get to their arrival they're one of what three realistic playoff rivals Albion have got left to play? They're the first one, then they're, they're the next one. They're, they're the main ones because they're the catchable ones, or what? What one of the catchable ones? You know, it's at home. I think a bit different feeling about this game if we were off to the Den, wouldn't they? We'd, we'd certainly be a bit less confident. I think it's fair to say. So um, glad we're not going down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me a shudder. That, we've done that enough times this season, haven't we? What one is one is enough, but it's it's massive, Johnny. It's, there's no getting away from it. There's no. I don't think there's any Do you way think it's under- make or break, Cox? Yeah. Obviously, mathematically, I mean, I, I wrote, it's not. I, I, wrote, I, I wrote a newsletter piece early, earlier in the, the break, didn't I? Saying, you know, mathematically, it's, it's not make or break, yeah. mathematically. However, it is. I, I do think it is. Look, look if, if Millwall came and did the unthinkable, and there hasn't been, there hasn't been much sign of Albion losing at the Hawthorns of, of late, as but if they came and did the unthinkable, and Gary Rowett set up his troops to be frustrating as as I think could be the case and to, to hit on the counter and be physical and it, and it all goes pear-shaped um I think that you know it's pretty much curtains isn't it you know that would lead the the gaps five points so that'd take the gap to Millwall to eight and with with what eight games left I mean I realize that's only a three game swing but at this stage of the season with so much on the line with promotion hunting clubs that's that's too much of a stretch. And there are other clubs as well that will obviously, you know, other rivals that will take advantage of Albion slipping up at home. So just can't afford to. I mean, even a draw is, you know, it's not a write-off, but it's of little use, is it? When you're making up the five-point gap and you're trying to take advantage of home form, home games, um, a, a draw is not enough, frankly. So, and, and you're right, Johnny, you mentioned the psychological momentum side of it. I mean, just extending the Hawthorne's form, first of all, but, but it's like that old six-pointer cliche when you're at the bottom isn't it you know you putting three points on it but taking them off your rival as well and like I say closing that gap to what Millwall who are six to two points with a game in hand you're right smack bang in it right in it and still a hell of a lot of work to do because it isn't just Millwall is it it's the teams um who else is it it's it's Norwich above Albion and is it is it what is it cough cough um obviously sort of Watford lurking as well and and others um so it's not just Millwall, but I mean, three points uh, changes the picture and you won't get too emotion, too much emotion from, from Carlos if it happens, you know, he'll still be, he'll be unmoved, he'll be focused, but that, there's a big old difference in feeling between win and defeat on Saturday, isn't there? It, it does feel like it'll define the rest of the season, you know, the rest of April and and the whole running and, and ultimately Albion's promotion chances, playoff chances, certainly. Yeah, no, it's... um. It's interesting you say that, you know, there's been a bit of a split. Albion fans have said, you know, even if they don't get don't get three points on Saturday, it's still on. But like you say, it's you're eight points behind then, all right, you've got a game in hand, but it, psychologically it is it it, it it's could more be doable with a draw, isn't it? it? Yeah. It's it's not a write off with a draw. It's just a longer shot. And and, and it's already it flies you out of the blocks, doesn't it, after that? But if you look exactly. after the World Cup break, you know, Albion was still down the bottom after three wins but that win at Sunderland and then they went and won again and again and it just it's the momentum it keeps you going and if Albert can build up a little bit of momentum in the next couple of weeks you know it's the perfect time of the season to to start that Lewis in terms of Millwall I'm um, just looking at their side I, how do you see 
you mentioned there about how Gary Rowett's side will set up. You know, they've got two strikers in Bradshaw and Fleming, who've, who've both got 13 each. So they've got, well, in their league position shows, they've got firepower to score goals. Um, the last few games at the Hawthorns, we've seen Huddersfield and Wigan, where it's been the sides down the bottom who've come to frustrate Albion, and they've managed to break them down and get that that odd goal. And they haven't been pretty games, and they haven't been, you know, walkovers like Albion would have liked them to. Is Millwall almost going to be a little bit like that, but with a, a much better side in Millwall, who've got think, much more firepower on the break and who have got yeah. much better defenders and are going to be even harder to break down. Is that the way you see it going? Yeah, it, it doesn't go like that, though, does it, Johnny? I mean, you know, a, a perfect example would be the home game, I suppose, before the Wigan and Huddersfield, you know, look at Borough. Yeah. They're the, they're the team of the division, weren't they? Yeah, better form than Burnley, better form than the, the whole 92, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they came. There was a sense of a big game around the Hawthorns, and they were, you know, Borough were blown away in ten minutes, weren't they? The game, or it might not have been the case, but to Albion's credit, the game was done, and Albion managed it superbly, and Borough hardly had a sniff. Now, obviously, we'd all give our right arms for a repeat of that ten at ten past three on Saturday, um, but we don't know, do we? I mean, we. I was speaking to someone um, connected to Millwall earlier in the break, and actually, their their little suspicion. Because you know, they're they're half decent away from the den, I think, and 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 that person's suspicion was that the the game and occasion might well suit Millwall and a bit of a smash and grab, you know, soak it up, and and be physical, be direct, and and nick one, you know, set piece, little knockdown, whatever, and that's that's as I said, that's worst case scenario, isn't it? But it's up to Albion to approach the game like they did that Borough one, you know, be be fast out the blocks now. You know, I'm not going to hammer, and I, I'd like to think I haven't hammered Albion too much for these Huddersfield and Wigan one nils. You know, we're at this point of the season. I think Ali Rob, Ali Robertson, our columnist, wrote it in 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 one of his columns actually over the break, Johnny. We're, we're at this point of the season where, you know, the three points are all that matters clearly. Yeah. yeah so, so and and Albion got six points out of six from those two games. Yes, they were, I don't know, under par. Um, certainly in one of them, certainly against Huddersfield and. You know, we look at the table and think they, sh- they should be beating these teams more, should be wiping the floor with them, etc. But, you know, at this stage of the season, when those teams are fight- fighting, scrapping for their lives and all that, you've got to factor in a lot, haven't you? It doesn't, we, don't, we don't play the game on paper or by a league table. And, um, yeah, they might have been unconvincing. However, six points from six, and, and, and they are the re- those results are the reasons why we're still talking about a faint chance um, at, at the end of the day. So... Well, you snap your hand off for a for a, for a one nil. Oh yeah, I, on I, Saturday, I, as, as Ali Rob Ali Robertson wrote, sorry, um, you know, all right, it wasn't great, but we won the game. You know, could have could have been a the most entertaining game you could have imagined. Albion could have been great, Wigan and Huddersfield could have been great, and it could have been two two, three three, or you know, they could have frustrated us nil nil, and then you know, and then we're not talking about a positive performance, are we? We're talking about failing to stick the ball in the net and and and. And ruining the season effectively. So, you know, I think really credit Albion for keeping it going before the break. When we spoke about this before, but it's pretty clear that the squad was knackered um, availability-wise and all of that. So, you know, we can hope with an injection of sort of energy and, and pace after this break, extended break as well. I know, I know a few players have been away, and uh, and and Malumbi and O'Shea have been chasing um, chasing. Uh, Mbappe around, which is uh, not not too easy, is it? But um, you know they'll have another test in Tom Bradshaw on on Saturday. And Fleming is, as you mentioned, Johnny Bradshaw's flying, isn't he? So, but look, 
for me, Albin are the better team here. They're the better squad. Uh, they're at home where they've been pretty flawless under Corbrand and they should have more to game, more to ball. And it's it's up for them to, to make it happen. Uh, everyone connected with the club and certainly those in the dressing room know how big the occasion is, don't they? That's not, not lost on anyone and they know how much he's riding on it. So yeah, I expect them to get the job done and, and, and make it happen and get over the line. Yeah, you... you... Yeah, I know with one of your newsletter comments, which if you haven't signed up yet, I'll be a fan. Head over to expressstar.com, exclusive comment daily uh, from either Coxie or myself on an Albion issue. Um, the one, I think it was a few days ago when you talked about, or it might have been a piece actually that was in an article on the Express and Star, it was a comment piece you did about wanting Albion to sort of go for the jugular, kill teams off, which maybe they haven't at certain periods, but they have got the results. Can you see Corbrand going with that star from the off? you know, or early on, like at Middlesbrough when they took advantage of or, or played some really good stuff, you know, almost sort of were all over Middlesbrough early on, sort of stunned them and got two, you know, got, got a couple of early goals and then were managed to see the game out. Can you see that maybe being his game plan going into this one or or just, be, you know, Middlesbrough more of a fluid pass inside, Millwall a little bit, a bit different? Yeah, they're, they're, they're clearly different sides, uh, different styles, but it, it, it's, it's the hope and and aim and dream isn't it to to start well and build yourself a buffer look no no manager or head coach tells their team to go out and start slowly do they however i'm aware there are different tactical plans are there there are you know um not shut up shop but keep it tight for 20 minutes half an hour even the first half and then go um i don't see that i i think there's so much importance on that albin can't let it leave it until the second half can they they have to go you can't say oh all of a sudden there's half hour left and we've only got half hour to sort of get the goals we need. There's, there's no time for that. They, they have to get at it early. And like, it doesn't just depend on how I've been playing. It depends on how, how well the um, the visitors stand up, of course. And um, like you say, Bora was shell-shocked that day and couldn't stand up to it, could they? And and then after DK's double, Albion handled it superbly. You know, yes, there wasn't too much threat of getting a third and beyond, but Middlesbrough had no threat at all, did they, that day? So, um that's what Albion's sort of midfield forward line have to do, have to find that energy, harness that energy Albion um, early on and and use uh, hopefully the, the noise and the feel of the Hawthorns to, to get right at Millwall. It's going to be some atmosphere, isn't it? And then be able to manage the game. Um, Corbyn's a very considered manager and head coach. I remember reading something when Albion appointed him that, you know, looking at his time with Huddersfield, if he can get an early advantage and early goals and then manage it and not necessarily sit on it, you know, try and add. Yeah. You know, I, I know we've had, had a lot of that, haven't we? You know, specifically the draw at Cardiff, you know, what, why did they just get an opener and then, and then not look to do anything else, you know, and then look to sit on it and invite pressure. And, and actually I remember Corbyn saying to me that night, you know, a lot of fans were, were obviously frustrated by that. And, and he said, this, this wasn't my aim. This wasn't the, the game plan to get one nil and then to, to sit on one nil the whole evening but it happened and there are factors to that you know the way Cardiff lined up Albion's fatigue all of this so um however I, I do think he is a head coach that likes that feeling of having the early advantage and then being able to handle the occasion manage the game that doesn't always mean sit on it you know against poorer teams you want to go and put it to bed don't you you, you don't want to be chewing your fingernails off in the 85th minute and waiting for Wigan or Huddersfield to equalize um however I think in the, the bigger games against the best sides, you know, uh, would include Millwall in that bracket being six. I think it, it perhaps does suit the approach under Corbrand in, in ideally starting well, trying to get the advantage. 
and um, and and managing it out. They've showed they can do it the other way. Don't get me wrong. We've seen comeback wins, haven't we? Um, thinking you know, specifically away, which away wins feel feel a while ago, don't they, Johnny? But remember Luton and, and Sunderland. We see we see that they can turn it around. They can respond. Um, but we all hope that's not the case on Saturday. Yeah, we certainly do indeed. Um, just finally, before we we move on, um, in terms of in terms of the way Alvin could potentially line up, Lewis, in terms of personnel, you mentioned there Malumbi and O'Shea coming back from a tough international break. Uh, Daryl DK the same um, played on in in midweek. I think he came off the bench uh, over the weekend, but he came on in midweek for for the USA. Um, he started actually, Johnny DK. Um, started, started, sorry, started uh, in the week on Tuesday morning. Yeah, 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 started in the week, and, and I think he came off in the first. Did he come on in the first game? I think he, he started on the, on the bench. One, that's right. Yeah. Um, in terms, of, he's probably the one that everyone will look at. I imagine Mal- O'Shea and Malumbi will come straight back into the side. Can you imagine DK doing that, or with Thomas Asante fit now? Which way do you see Cole Brown going with that front line? I mean, it's an interesting question, Johnny. It really is. Uh, so one we'll be looking at on the team sheet, won't we, when it comes to um, Saturday 2pm. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to to Friday's um, pre-match press conference, certainly. It's been, obviously, a, a little while since we've seen Carlos. Um, well, it was it was that night in Cardiff, actually. Um, so he's had a nice break from us. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to get his thoughts, to pick his, um, to pick his thoughts about how he approaches this. I think you mentioned DK and his international sort of exploits with the US. I, as we speak today on Wednesday, now that it's a player's day off, so that they're not in training today on, on Wednesday, um, have been earlier in the week prior and obviously last week. So they will return to training tomorrow, Thursday. And that is when I would expect, I don't know for definite, but just, just judging by travel and, and, you know, getting them back over from certainly the States. I know it's different with the, with, with the Irish couple, but given the fact they played Tuesday night, I, I would expect the international boys to come back in for training on Thursday. Now that obviously only leaves two days, you know, prep for Millwall, doesn't it, for them, for for Malumbi, for O'Shea, um, for DK, for Josh Griffiths, of course. Um, you know, like up front, we've probably got a goalkeeping debate to, to be had, haven't we? You talk about selections. Um, yeah, so coming back on the Thursday and only having the two days, it's it's difficult, isn't it, really? It is difficult. And a lot of that's match prep, detail, you know, tactic, op- op- opposition, insight, that sort of thing. So it's a big call, really, because you've got on one hand, DK has been away the whole time, not trained with Albion. Yes, trained with his with his nation and played played games out there, which will help him, of course. On the other hand, you've got Brandon Thomas Asante here who's trained the whole time, unless there's a, a niggle we don't know about. So so you certainly pros in Thomas Asante's camp, but... Just because of DK's form, I think of uh, sort of goal scoring exploits before the break, and we did a couple of pieces, haven't we, in the break, Johnny, about his, his sort of recent record, and and um, you know it's pretty good of late. Well, it's, it's it's very good, really. I think DK will get the nod. I do. Um, I think that's what I'd do as well. Um, however, there's a strong argument for Thomas Sante also, and I wouldn't be surprised if many Albion fans wanted to see see him up front. But I, I would lean towards DK. I think just about. Despite the lack of, um, you know, despite heading to back to training on Thursday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do go, you know, up top and and given that, you know, the international break, you know, players have, you know, the two Irish boys have played two almost two ninety minutes and and yeah, it'll be uh, fascinating to see how Cole Brand sort of attacks this one, sort of tactically and and sort of as a with his lineup as well. Yeah, not not wanting to turn the tables, Johnny, but but in goal, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming now... We've got a big got... question on this, Coxie, in the questions, so I've saved that to later oh, on well, in the podcast. I was going to throw it on you, <laughs> just in case we hadn't. But, um, but yeah, perhaps we can park that then. But yes. yeah, that's certainly... Yeah, as, as You could argue as big, if not bigger, debate than the, the lone striker, isn't Almost. it? Almost. You know, yeah, yeah. Massive. So, yeah. Huge topic of conversation to come later in the podcast. Lewis, I'm just going to talk, before we go to an advert, and go to uh, your questions baggies fans we've got some very good ones very funny ones this week as well um i want to talk eric peters he sat down with uh, members of the press this week to talk about his time at albion uh eric peters joined albion in september um, we know it's been reported in the media that he was steve bruce's or one of steve bruce's neighbors at the time when um, he came on he trial at west was. brom <laughs> came on trial at west brom um had a few weeks on trial was signed by steve bruce and has almost been an ever-present, really, since then for Albion. He's played a lot of games this season. He's he's moved into to centre-half alongside Dara O'Shea in the absence of Kyle Bartley and, and Shemi Ajayi. Um, and he's given some really good comments. He spoke about his his contract situation. Um, I just want to read out a quote from, from what he said yesterday. He said, I'm not going to lie, of course, it's on your mind, but my main key on my mind... Um, sorry, the main key on my mind is to get West Brom promoted. Um, I just know that when we achieve that, my future will be OK. And he goes on to say he's sort of... Um, alludes to being sort of confident he's maybe done enough or if he does get a new deal I think he said he wouldn't be surprised given the amount of games that he's played um, Lewis I put this story out on social media um, earlier this morning just to ask sort of Albion fans whether they think Peters who signed a 12 month deal in, in September or or a season long loan or a season long deal in September whether they think he should get a new deal and it's very much split um which is, I don't know if I'm surprised. There's not a lot saying he's done enough to warrant an extension, um, but some saying, yeah, he's done enough to warrant it, but with his age, maybe trying to get the average age of the squad down, and the fact that, you know, we've got, we'll have Kipra coming back next season. Um, we don't know what the plans for him are. Caleb Taylor is obviously going to be one of the future, hopefully one of the future stars of the club coming back, as well as Carl Bartley from injury. Um, it's an interesting debate. What do you think on it, Lewis? A lot, of, and some others have said that it depends what league what league Albion are in, which I'm sure that will become a factor. Um, you sound like someone who's read my newsletter comment this morning, Johnny. I have. Well, <laughs> I have. Um, I, 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 it doesn't surprise me first of all that it's split. Actually, that I, I would expect that just because of the factors we've mentioned. You know, it's it's hard to look. You know, you think of age and stuff like that, but. I as I as I wrote this morning, um, I think Eric Peters has done enough for for a new deal. I think that I think that's fair comment. Um, I take the um, contributing factors. I take the fact that look, I, and and I did write it is dependent. I would say on on division. I think, you know, I think certainly in the championship, very very capable squad player who can provide cover at left back. Obviously, his natural role and certainly centre half as well. Um, I think it's a slightly different conversation if Albion do manage to get up and get into the Premier League. I think Albion then shop certainly for so well certainly in the Premier League for for um, for for fullback strength and you know new potential starters in that department. You know, that's taken nothing away from the duo. Um, I've been impressed with with Connor Townsend of, of large parts of late, but I think when you kick on and go up again. You know, it was something that might need addressing. And then, then you think, where does that leave, you know, an already understudy in that department like Peters? But certainly if Albion, you know, have to, have to remain in the championship. You know, and it's where you talk about wages with him, you know, yes, Peters has had 
you know, long stints in England before, but I suppose we have to remember he he, he was an aging free agent, wasn't he, before before Albion with seemingly you know, a few other sort of offers on the table given it got to September, you know, the window had shut. So I, I don't think Albion would have had to break, you know, broken the bank to to, to get him in uh, just on, on the one year. And I think he's done enough for another year, Johnny. I really do. This isn't someone who's just played 10 games and, you know, made four or five starts. You know, he's made, was it, 25 starts and nearly nearly 30 appearances all told. Realistically, with the lengthy J injury and then Bartley not kicking a ball in about six months. You know, you wonder... Where would Albion have been without having that that blanket of Peters to, to come in and, and do the role and not just do do the role as a square peg, um, because he does he does have some sort of background at centre at centre half Peters, but but actually do the role so competently, you know he's he's been excellent, wouldn't he? You wouldn't know that he was playing out of position. Um, struck up a partnership with with O'Shea, I think they complement each other, and um, look it, just because he he's given an, an extended year, twelve months, I, I don't think it's out of um, you know, being misty-eyed or anything like that. I think he's warranted it. And, I, you know, it doesn't mean he has to play 30 games again next season, but he's there in case he needs to be um, as, as a squad option. I think, you know, the fact he can play a couple of roles as well, I just think, you know, even a wing-back, if if Corbin wants to do a, a back three, which we saw at Cardiff, didn't we, actually? Yeah, three-hand three yeah. defence and wing-backs. So you can do left-back, wing-back, centre-half. I, I think it's a little bit of a no-brainer, like I said, unless Albion go up, then I think it's more of a question. But I think he's earned it. Yeah, he certainly. If he was, um, if he was given a contract, then you have to say that you wouldn't be surprised. But equally, if Albion do go up, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if maybe Peters is moved on. But we'll have to wait and see about that. More to come from Eric Peters over the coming days as well on ExpressAndStyle.com. So keep an eye out for uh, for those pieces. Some very interesting stuff. Uh, time for an advert. As always, the uh, Baggies broadcast is brought to you by the Ketland Toaster Man, where you could go and get all your household products, kitchen items whatever you need they've got it down there at the catlin toaster man and as we told you last week they're still running a free shipping promotion at the moment which pretty much covers almost 90 percent of their items um you can get free shipping on anything that you buy from the catlin toaster man so if you're interested interested in getting something maybe you need a new hoover new kettle whatever it is get down to the catlin toaster man uh, on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. They've got some great deals down there. Or if you want to do it from the comfort of your own home, head to catlandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, let's go and answer some of your questions, Baggies. Joy, joy, joys of Zoom and being stuck at home, eh, Johnny? In the last few seconds, I've had the doorbell go twice. And now the builders behind start up their chainsaws. So. Oh, dear. Well, well it's, usually, it's usually me, isn't it, with the, uh, the extra <laughs> sound noises with the dog or the cat? But, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, the builders down in in Telford today. Um, right, we're going to go through some of your baggies uh, questions. We've got a few sort of funny ones today. We're going to start with this one from Clint McCormick. Um, he's got in touch with um, an April Fool's Day related question. He says, as our game falls on April Fool's Day, what's the best April Fool's you can remember? Preferably football related. Now, I could remember one and it's quite old, but I, I didn't know exactly what it was off the top of my head. So I've just done a little bit of digging. Um, we always see them about signings on April Fool's Day. People get sort of duped with signings that they're going to bring in that summer. Um, if you go back to 2003, Rangers announced the signing of a Greek striker from Galatasaray called Yardis Alpolfo in a deal worth £5 million, which 19 years ago was huge money. Um, Rangers fans were excited about a new goal machine coming in. Um, they're trying to find out information about him. But guess what, Lewis? He didn't exist. He didn't exist. He didn't exist. Why didn't he exist? Yeah. What's his name again? 
Yardis Al Polfo. I, I, I was looking for a, a clue in the name. Um, uh, go on. His name is an anagram of April Fool's Day. <laughs> Very good. If you I, I think if Albion announced that, I'd probably fall for it. Yeah, I'm not hot on my. Uh, I'd be no good on countdown, Johnny. I'm yeah. not hot on my anagram. No, but, uh, I think I think I'd certainly fall for that. Any any that stick out for you, Coxie? Uh, one I, I mentioned briefly. One I remember from work, and it, it's many many years ago now. Um, it is related to the club I previously covered, Shrewsbury. Um, and just very quickly, you'll know this, Johnny. Um, and and actually, um, listeners might actually. It's it's sort of reasonably well known. Um, it actually might have been from a period where Albion and Shrewsbury were, were possibly playing each other, I think, in the old um, in the old third division back in the early 90s. Um, now, Shrewsbury got a famous scrambled egg kit. You're aware of this, aren't you, Johnny? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one of the most um, eclectic taste of, of football kit. In, That's in one way to describe history. it. I, I'd, I'd say, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite an incredible design. It's, and it's, you know, you, you can imagine what it looks like, a scrambled egg design. Anyway, um, going back years now, I remember um, we'd obviously, uh, I, I wasn't involved with this, but obviously not realised it was April the 1st. And um, and the Shrewsbury website carried a piece saying, I think it was something like, we're bringing back the scrambled egg kit as our away kit for next season or as our home kit for next season. And it's sort of a mix of, oh my gosh, what, what are you on about? You know, that's that's obscene type thing and a mix of sort of, you know, we, we love this and... Um, and um, despite it being April the first, you know, and clearly a, a wind up, the, the report was actually carried, uh, uh, and um, yeah, it, it was reported that Duke the local press back the legendary scrambled egg for next season. So that that springs in mind from a work perspective. Um, yeah, thank, so, thank, thank someone's you. got their head in their hands about that one, haven't they? Yeah, they've been duped by that one. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> thought of that. But if you're listening to this and you, you, you're unaware of Shrewsbury scrambled egg kit, please Google it because it's a it's a treat. It's a feast for the eyes, despite Johnny's uh, negativity towards it. It's quite something. So, uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that I've ever bought it back. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's dodgy territory for the world of uh, media and reporting. Yeah, I'm sure a few people, a few people will be judged on Saturday. It's <laughs> slightly unfortunate that Albion Millwall's April the first. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, there's no uh, pranks being played on. On Albion, although what's the line after twelve o'clock? You're the full instead or something like that, isn't it? So the kickoff's three. So yeah, uh, yeah don't worry about that. Uh, thanks for your question. Next one. I know people stress about how much. Tr- this is sorry. This is from Alex um, Almond Nuts ninety two. His name is on Twitter. Um, I know people stress how much trouble we are in financially if we don't get promoted this year or next. But how do the parachute payments actually work? Specifically in our case. If we don't got the season, what is the likelihood of us signing players next season? That's a, a second question. Well, on um, parachute payments, since 1617, uh, uh, the parachute system was changed um, so that relegated clubs were paid um, over three years rather than four. So Albion, I think it's in the fit. This is my understanding of it. That Albion, because they were only up for one season, they get paid the, the latest parachute payments are over two years, which obviously that was last year and this year. Um, first year they received 55% of the equal share of broadcast revenue paid to the Premier League clubs in the first year after relegation, which goes to 45% the following year. And then if Albion were entitled to a third year, it would be to 20%, but that's obviously going down to nothing now because the parachute payments are running out. Um, I'm not specifically in the know on how much that is, but that's a sizable chunk 
of you know because we know the Premier League money is um, is very large, um, and that's what this twenty million pound sort of loan was for, wasn't it, Lewis? Up the MSD and right? to cover all of that. Of, of um, finances going out. Yeah. So is, is it right? Is it right to th- is it yeah? It's right to think that 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 twenty million pound is to replace that twenty million pound that Albion would have had in the third year of a parachute payment if they would have had. Um, if they would have had the third year. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it, I, I wouldn't know to say whether it's as black and white as that. No. You know, as we had it explained to us, you know, clearly with a, a gaping gap, you know, beyond the summer, that this is part, you know, a big part of why action needed to be taken. You know, I remember Ron Gourlay saying he, he, he'd he been to Mr. Lai um, to say, let's talk about investment, you know, it's, it's, um, specifically to Carlos Corbran, and the reply was, well, it needs, you know, third, third party sourced, wasn't it? So, um, you know, it wasn't coming from there. So, you know, action had to be taken. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that answers your, uh, your question to but some in, extent. In, in terms of specific numbers, it is, it is sort of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll not prove it to this uh, that at this moment in time. It'd, be, it'd certainly be interesting to, to, to find out. Yeah, that's certainly something we'll look into. But thank you very much for your question, Alex. Uh, Daniel Tudge has got in amongst Albion players who could be the next international star. And you put Griffiths and Malumbi with, with question marks. I think Malumbi's staking a claim to that at the moment, being Albion's next international star, given the the rave reviews he was getting on on Sunday. Uh, Griffiths came on actually, Lewis, for the under twenty ones uh, last night. Uh, I think it was at Fulham. They lost to Cro- Croatia, I believe. Yeah. Um, or Czech Republic, one of the two. Um, can you see, you know, in terms of Griffiths, he, he's still very young, isn't he? He. he well, and we're going to talk about keepers when we've got. There is actually a question soon about keepers, but you know that experience with the under twenty ones. It's been some rise, hasn't it, in, in in the last few months for for Griffiths. I think I'm not sure if it was a debut last night, um, but he's gone I, from strength to very, strength, isn't just, he? Yeah, I, Johnny on, on Griffiths. I, I was very happy to read this morning actually that he came on as as a sub for the twenty ones last night. Now as as, uh, as far as I believe and I gather that's his twenty ones debut. I think he yeah. had a call up. He had a call up. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, Johnny, something I wrote earlier in, in, in a newsletter piece earlier in the break, actually, I've been a little bit disappointed to see him not start the 21s games. For me, he should have been number one for the 21s in these two games. Um, he should have been starter. I think, you know, I think I think James Trafford, I think his name is, was starting for the 21s That's, yeah. in these two games. And I, 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 he's... He, is he the Man City keeper out on loan in League One? I think he's definitely on loan in League One. I can't remember his parent club. I think it might be City. Um, and that's all well and good. But his football's been in the third tier. Now, Griffiths has played a lot of games now for Albion, at, you know, near the top of the second division. And that, as far as the 21s keepers England had, you know, for me, put him at the front of the queue to be, to be first choice. So I was disappointed to not see him start in goal in these games, actually, given how well he's done for Albion as well with the clean sheets. I thought he'd earned it. So disappointed for him, but happy to see that he got a, a run out last night because at least he deserved. And um, yeah, unfortunate with the result. But uh, but yeah, good to know he's got that first cap. And yeah, onwards and upwards, I think he can he can carry on. And yeah, should he get the chance to carry on playing for Albion uh, this season? We'll, we'll obviously get into that or wherever you know, takes him next season and beyond. Being fighting with Palmer, I think he... You know, he merits it at 21's level and then who knows, it's in the lap of the gods, isn't it? And and how he performs for his club. So, but you're right with the um, the Malumbi shout and I think O'Shea as well, Johnny. We shouldn't overlook, you know, those two playing regularly for their country as well in what is a ex- very exciting period for Ireland, I think, with a, 
with a young side, a, a low average age coming through, you know, the likes of Brighton, Evan Ferguson playing up front for them and yeah, exciting players across the board for Ireland. So, um, yeah, hopefully that'll be a big part of it. That brings us on nicely to Richard Downing's question and a topic we were discussing earlier in the podcast with Alex Palmer close to a return. Can you see him becoming number one again or will Carlos stick with Griffiths? Now, Lewis, are we expecting Palmer to be fit for Saturday, given that he's been back in training and they've had this two and a half weeks, um, two and a half weeks away from action? Is he going to be sort of available for selection? Again, you know, it'd be a lot easier to answer that, obviously, after seeing the head coach on Friday, yeah. Johnny. But all things... Given the timings we had when he was injured, yeah, you suspect... All, all things yeah. point to yes. Certainly with the fact of a goalkeeper as well, you know, but perhaps it's a slightly different debate and conversation about Kyle Bartley, for example, who's a slightly different recovery time, outfield player, all of this. But the last time we spoke to, to Corbyn, well, certainly before Cardiff, actually, you know, it was... He just had to, you know, double-check his kicking and how strong his foot was and that sort of thing. And obviously passed that well enough to to travel to Cardiff as the sort of third-choice squad member and and to be in full training, as, as we've seen. Um, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be available and in contention for, for Saturday, Johnny. And then there brings the big debate, really. Um, I think there'd probably be a split on this. However, I, I'm sure you were going to ask me. So, so my opinion is that Palmer if available, will start and yeah. should should start. That's that's what I think. Um, that's just how I see it as, as someone who's watched this season. Um, I think I'd like to, I, I'd imagine that would be the opinion of most fans, but I don't get me wrong, it's, it's a hard call. You know, Josh Griffiths has, has, has merited it, has earned it, but I just think what Palmer did before just offers, you know, he... he I, I think Palmer did enough, certainly, in his long run prior to injury to, to merit a return. I do. And that's unfortunate for Griffiths, it is. And don't get me wrong, I'd be you know content if Griffiths was Albin number one for the rest of the season. But I, I just think Palmer I just think Palmer did enough. Yeah, I think you're probably you're probably right. I probably would sway towards that. But again, you know, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see which way Carlos goes at the weekend. Right, we're gonna pick three more. Um, before we wrap up today's podcast. Um, Jack Griffiths got in touch with a question. Um, a bit of a, a joke you want to start with. What hotel are you both booking for the playoffs? Um, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge, Jack. Hopefully when Already we come booked, to... Already booked, isn't it, Johnny? I think. I'm not sure. Well, if you've booked, your, if you've booked yours and Albion don't get to the playoff final now, I'm, I know where it's coming. I'm blaming you. Um, serious one, he says. Um, if we don't go up, um, we know obviously players will have to go because of finances. Um, he's asked, how many do you expect to leave and is next season a blessing for us to rebuild and go again? Um, we'll take the first one there. How, it's difficult to say, isn't it, Lewis, how many expect to leave? I know, you know, we've had it mentioned that maybe Albion might have to look at selling a couple of players. Um, from what I've read and listened to maybe Ron Gourlay talk and and heard various different different things, um, I don't suspect Albert would have to. It's not like there's going to have to be a fire sale or anything. No, no. You know there no, is no. that twenty. There's that twenty million pound there for Albion to use. But if if maybe one, this is just me speculating. Maybe one or two. I can't. I I just can't see it from what we've seen. Well, I mean, I've I, heard the, that the way I lot. see it is that yeah, you know, ideally no, but it's not an ideal yeah. world, obviously. Um, you know, obviously, last time we spoke to Ron Gourlay about this, and I mentioned it, I, I remember him actually saying, you know, I won't be, if, if, if that's something we have to do, then I won't be, you know, I won't be afraid or perturbed about doing that. But obviously, that's not what fans want to hear, that that is the case. However, I, I, I 
see it as Albion operate this summer on what they want to move on. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about Eric Peters earlier, weren't we? That's that's a perfect example. I'm I'm sure they might want to keep him, but would the small finances there dictate? Um, we know about the other out contract players, you know, you, you like sort of, um, you know, Skipper Livermore, who, you know, he's going to be one of the, one of the higher earners because of his pedigree and experience and time at the club. So th- there's movement to do there, isn't there? On on certainly out contract players. Then you look at contracted players who, realistically, aren't of interest. Uh, you, you know, aren't top of the the head coach's priority list. And there are, you know, there are some I don't particularly want to you know speculate with names there. You know, it, it would just be speculation. But you look at the contracted players who aren't regular starters, don't you? You know, I mean, he's, you know, if you force mind and think of a couple of examples, I mean, he's got a bad injury, but look at a Martin Kelly, you know, I signed on a two year, um, yeah, he's got a bad injury. So, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's a difficult one to, to work with, but he, he's not been in the plans as he, that's, you know, hence been allowed to, to move out on loan. And, and there are others under contract who, you know, are not regular starters, hence not, you know, not in starting plans. And this is before Corbyn thinks about, you know, newcomers this summer. So you wonder, you know, could there be movement there? Might might they have an honest conversation there and say, look, you know, you're still under contract, but you're not going to be a regular starter. If we can get interest, can we move you on for X amount? And it might not have to be the most, you know, a big fee that, you know, rival clubs might not be able to pay to afford. However, recouping some and saving on the wage would go away, wouldn't it? It it would, it would. And if Albion can do that without having to, you know, shuffle around key stars, then that's obviously what they'll do. And that's an ideal, that's the best case scenario, isn't it? That's clearly the best case scenario. Yeah. If they can wheel and deal um what they sort of what what they ideally wouldn't mind moving on, then that that could be a, a big play come the summer. Yeah. Yeah, we've got some other uh, other sort of topics on that and, and various different players um, in terms of questions. Um, we're running close to our usual running time, so we're going to try and rattle through a few of these because we've got so many good questions this week. Um, more of a statement, really. Jess Ackroyd, why is the playoff final on the Saturday this year and not the Monday? I made plans for the Saturday. Very confident there uh, of having getting to the playoff final, which we all hope happens. Um, but I did look at this. I thought it was a Monday, but it is, in fact, a Saturday. If I can get to the playoff final, we'll cross the bridge in mid-May, Johnny. Yeah, we'll cross it in mid-May, but we don't. I don't really know. Jess is the answer, but um, you're gonna have to cancel your plans on the Saturday if Albion do get through to the to the uh, the playoff final. Um, we'll try and go through these, Lewis, uh, quite quickly. Another question yeah. here, um, another one from Daniel Tudge. What are your thoughts on away ticketing now? They have seemed to have scrapped the point system. I, I've had a look into this, Daniel. I, I wasn't too, I wasn't aware that that had happened and what the new system is. So um, we'll discuss that on uh, on a future podcast. We'll look into that and and, and come back to you on on that one. Um, It'd be good to right. speak about that after we, you know, season ticket prices. Obviously. Yeah, oh yeah, and a tag like when 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 ticket prices yeah obviously do come out. Um, Sonna Patel's got in touch with a question. We'll rattle through this one because it's quite a quite a funny one. Based on your current knowledge, if you had to take four current Albion players on a group holiday, who would you take and why? <laughs> now I read this last night and I've been having quite a good think about it. So you have a think about yours, Coxie, and I'll go with my four. Okay. I'm going to take Jason Malumbi, because if he got into any bother, I think he'd be like Scrappy Do and he'd he'd be back in the <laughs> did get into any bother. I'd be taking Yukushlu as well for that reason, you know. Bit of a. It sounds like I'm a bit of a scrapper here. I'm not. I'm the least, the least fighting for least fighting person in the world. But um, a few others have said 
Brandon Thomas Asante, which I'm going to go with, and a good reason saying that he's just a nice guy. He'd make sure you got home after if it was like a group lads, or he'd make sure you got home safe after a night out. Yeah, and he'd be very good. And the other one is Je- I think Jed Wallace, just for someone said pure energy, getting your group up and going. If you've had a few heavy nights, he he'd keep you going. <laughs> but also, he he sound, he seems to have a good laugh. Jed Wallace as well. We've seen a few videos. Um, I'm just thinking yeah. specifically what he put out with Taylor Gardner Hickman over in the Christmas period. It just shows he's, a, he's very much a joker in a pack. Um, so I think that would be quite a, quite a good group. You're well protected and you're going to have a laugh and you're going to get home safely. Yeah, so you've covered bases there, Johnny. You've done well. I, I Off the top of my head, because I've only just heard this question, I'll, I'll rattle down four names straight away. And you, you've named two of them. So Wallace, Jed Wallace, just he's just a funny guy. And he's just, uh, you know, life and soul of room dressing room um you know you, you watch an interview with him and he, he's just a uh, great personality so yeah de- definitely wallace um i wrote down thomas asante as well i mean what a what a good sort of cat you know what a good character what a sound lad top guy yeah he's definitely involved i've gone eric peters i think he's um i think yeah. he's very he's an interesting guy uh, i just think imagine mad dutchman Imagine, imagine the stories. Imagine the yeah, it bring, brings a bit of that enforcement as well. I would I would say, but oh, yeah, yeah, I think he'd be a laugh. I do, um, Peters, and um, gone a bit a bit different maybe. Gone. I, I went O'Shea. I went, yeah, leader lead, leader of the pack. You know, organizer. Yeah, sort he'd be organizing your excursions sort, and that, wouldn't sort he? He'd be sort of out, yeah. yeah, yeah. He'd he'd any issues. He's he's over to the hotel reception. Um, and I think some of the Malumbi quotes this morning, actually, that we carried online, Johnny um, touched on how, how Dara was as, as a person as well, which, um, you know, you got to be a certain type of character to be a skipper at that age, haven't yeah. you? And um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm quite happy with my quartet, actually. Yeah, no, I think they're, uh, I think they'll certainly be good holidays. Anyway, Baggies fans, we're out of time. There's a few questions on here that are really good questions that I really want to come on to and talk about next week. And we're going to, I'm going to put a little section in um, the podcast next week where we can discuss them about sort of, it's, how far Corbrand can take Albion and whether there's players in there who could play in the Premier League. Uh, but thanks for your questions. Um, those will be read out and those we didn't read out, we'll certainly read them out next week. Um, Coxie, just finally, I'm going to, uh, we've talked Millwall, we've talked um, who's going to play for Albion, who, what the, the big decisions, the keepers, the strikers, the guys going back from international duty. But just to finish off, I'm going to ask you ahead of this huge game for a score prediction, which way do you think it's going to go? We've said it could almost make or break Albion's um, playoff push. How do you see it playing out? What's your score prediction? 2-0 Albion. Solid. Solid. I like that. I'm going to... I'm yourself, bet. yourself, Johnny? Uh, ooh, 2-1. I think it's going to be yeah, tighter. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be tighter. I think they'll nick one. Um, I nearly but, went 1-0, yeah. but I didn't want to be... Uh, no. I didn't want to no. be nervous. So. I know I'll just be sat on the edge of my seat for the old game going absolutely mad. I know that for a fact. Um, that's my prediction for Saturday but hopefully that comes off um, there you go football is back and the final stretch is set to get underway Carlos Corbran has had the chance to get his players ready for their final mission and now it is up to them to deliver thank you ever so much again for listening to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast we'll be back next week with the latest episode of the podcast we'll also be back with another fan chat show so keep an eye out for that one um, again thank you very much from me and Coxie until next time boing boing Bye-bye.